0: from today's episode of International Hangout.
1: I'm so into OP. OP. I don't remember the last time that I went to a uh-huh. trip, but... ...that we have. We're one of the, it's like Bolivia and Peru. We have the highest percentages of indigenous people. Because you know, colonization happened in like... So many, uh, 2019,
2: crazy. I guess you had 2021. Oh my God, wow. you I'm a little, <laughs> little kid and... Uh...
1: For the
0: internationals, this is International Hangout. What's up, people of CO5? This is episode eight of International Hangout, and my name is Sushanik.
2: I'm Suti De Silva So, guys, today in the studio we have Camila Flores Rodriguez. She's a senior. And she's from Bolivia and she's a passionate individual in uh, environmental studies. She's major in environmental studies and business administration. am I right? Most importantly, uh, she's out program uh, rental shop manager and one of the instructors too. So Camila, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
2: How's the semester like it just been uh, two weeks? Be, yeah it's Those been classes.
1: it's been pretty crazy to be really honest pretty crazy yeah because I'm a senior then you need yeah. to figure out life and that takes figure out
2: life right takes and, uh, a long time I mean this is your last semester technically yeah isn't it so yeah you might have like you know a lot of like uh, I don't know planning to do about like what you want to do after college yes and all that stuff we'll get into all that later I want to talk a lot about outdoor program and I think we haven't had a person who's like a, who's like a leader or like who has talked about like outdoor programs specifically. So I think this is the right time. And outdoor program is one of the greatest opportunities on campus that we get to experience in CFI. Have you been to trips, to
0: Yes.
2: Of course, you gotta. So um, I, I've been to like two, no, three of them. I think my favorite one was uh, the one with, um, with the sand dunes, like the somewhere... Uh, Buenos Bruno? Yeah? Exactly. Yeah. I can't remember the location, but yeah. That was such a great experience. You guys did a great job, like taking care of us and stuff. More than anything, actually, I want to ask you first, how uh, you got involved with like, you know, being a uh, instructor and all that stuff, because I know like people get to experience these OV trips but I, they probably don't know how you 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 know, how you become a leader or like how you become a, one of the instructors and all. How did you do it?
1: Well, so I went on a trip during my sophomore year because I did my entire first year online, so I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. And then during my first semester, I went on a trip to Moab in Utah. And I just signed up because I didn't know many people back then, but I just knew that I wanted to because it looked like a very cool place. Mm-hmm. It was like five days long, and I loved the trip. I loved um, the leaders, everything. It was great. So then I came back and I was told that they were students. I actually mm. thought that some of my instructors were <laughs> were just staff members, but they turned out to be students. And I th- thought that was like pretty cool. So I talked to Biggs, who at that time was uh, the yeah. director of the OP. He, he's not longer, he doesn't work at CIVI anymore. Now it's Poe. But I talked to him and then he, you know, he told me what I needed to do to become a part of the OP. So, one of the requirements was for me to take the Wilderness First Responders course. Mm-hmm. So, that was offered the next semester. So, I ended up taking that course. And that was very, very intense. You literally learn to take care of someone, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like keep someone from dying if you're yeah, out in the field. I mean. mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was pretty pretty cool, pretty intense. Um, and then you just have to go on trips. Like, things have changed. When I started, you would have to go on three trips as a participant, three trips as a trainee, mm-hmm. three trips as a an assistant, and then you will become an instructor. But things are really mm-hmm. different now. Like now we just kind of like assess people depending on how much they know because we do get people that have a lot of experience on the outdoors. Yeah. So they might be more ready to become assistants faster than other people that don't have much experience. Uh-huh. So I didn't have that much experience leading trips. Mm-hmm. Like I think I needed to learn more technical skills. So it took me... I guess longer than other people to become an instructor Mm -hmm. because I needed to get a lot of training, do the woofer and everything. So it's been like a whole journey. And anyone can, anyone who's interested and would like to commit to the OP then they can definitely do it
2: i mean i wasn't aware of like the whole process you guys have it's actually great i mean people who participate in the the trips like they might not see like you know the the whole process and stuff but it's great to see like you guys have a huge process and you guys pick and select like you know who are the who could be responsible you know who are the responsible individuals who has the who has the courage to like um kind of take care of someone who has the capabilities and all that's great and um yeah oh, uh, something something yep. else that
1: I would like to add. so I think so the way it works now like now it's way more personalized, so if you're interested, then you need to fill out a form, and
2: uh-huh. then kind
1: of like it's like an apl- application for a job, and then you send your resume, and then you're going to have an interview with Gabby and Poe, who are in charge of the OP, and then you're going to have an interview with two or three instructors, mm-hmm. so you're going to have different interviews. And then they're going to have, you're going to do some Mm assessments. And then we usually use those assessments every semester. Mm -hmm. So you see how much you're progressing or like, where do you need to work on and everything? So we do have like at the end of every semester, Poe and Gabby meet with each of us. And they're like, okay, this is your assessment. This is what your co-instructor said about you. You know, maybe you need to work on this. Maybe you're not, we're not super good on this trip. And it's like, I think it's a very healthy environment. We do give each other a lot of feedback. And yeah, which is very necessary because otherwise you don't know how to improve.
2: Do you find it like stressful sometimes? To I mean, give like, feedback? Of, no, I just like I feel like it's yeah it's a lot of work. Do you feel stressed sometimes? Like when oh, you,
1: definitely, it's a lot of work because then you technically, I mean, you have a trip on the weekend or like it's a day, but then you're planning it for maybe a month or maybe weeks, so it's like a lot of work, and it might be stressful because there are so many details that go into it. Like you have to look at the participants' information. You know, if someone's allergic to something, mm. like, you need to be prepared mm. for If someone's taking medication, how much experience do people have? You need to, like, do the itinerary. You need to know how far you're going. You need to have, like, the address to, like, the closest hospital. We even, like, print out maps in case, like, our phone dies or wow. we don't have, like, That's signal. Like, we have to be prepared for everything. Like, if we're going into a place that has, like, no signal at all, We're taking, like, SAT devices. We're doing... it's cr- Everything that goes into it is pretty crazy. And, like, when you're out there... We use those sad devices to, like, communicate with Campus Safety, with Poe. Wow. And, for example, if we're out on the mountain, there's no signal. Yeah. And we don't send a message until, like, 12 p.m., 12 a.m. at night, they might just come looking for us, you know, because oh, like, we shit. have uh, just... a whole mechanism that's, like, we we have to send, like, we're okay. Because otherwise they don't know what's going to yeah. happen to us, you know. And it's, like, and we have a lot of rules. Like, for example, m- many times that we go on trips, uh, like, we were backpacking. We might not let people swim because that's a huge risk so we have something called expedition mentality so when you go out it's like you know swimming might be great and we're gonna have fun (laughs) but then if someone gets injured here it's gonna be impossible to get this person out because we have to hike out with like i don't know like i don't know how many kilos on your bag and then up and down mountains so like we just yeah it's a lot of different things but we do have like the we do something called risk management before we go on a trip so we write down all the possible risks and then we write down ways that we can manage the risk so for example for this one we did have like a med kit with us so Mm -hmm. we have all the tools that we would need if anything would end up happening and then we have like you know the sad device if we need to contact Uh someone and Uh something happens and we had the people and we had like a bus so it's like you're kind of you try to be as prepared as you can be for any Uh emergency
2: it just i know there's a lot of things they put into like kind of prepare a trip for people to enjoy and stuff i didn't think of this in detail and you guys have to make sure okay you guys have these devices to you know make sure okay if you don't you don't get any signal and you know that's these are very complicated and at the same time i'm like you guys have given the train and they also select you know they have we have procedure wow just a lot of work and i think i'm just grateful like you guys can keep up like you know such a such a complicated and at the same time such a beneficial program for CFI students. And like, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, listeners, uh, I welcome all of you to like, uh, you know, be involved with uh, more and more trips. So I think we have two more trips uh, this weekend.
1: Yeah. So tomorrow we're having a tubing trip and on Saturday we're having a skiing trip. And something that I would also like to uh-huh. like to mention, it's like, like it is a lot of work. But I think all the leaders, we really love what we do. So it's like mm. so much work. And you might get paid very little or not paid Mm at all if you're an assistant or a trainee. But we all really love what we do. And it's like, I think that's what, you know, people that go on trips also love being outside in nature and everything. And it's like, it's really worth it. Like, I've I've planned trips that have made me so stressed because there are so many details. But once I go out there, I just feel at peace, you know, because I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful. It's so worth it. Like, why was I even stressing about doing something that, that I love?
2: So, what is your favorite one? So, for favorite trip of, favorite trip, like oh. the one you like, you can't forget. You know, this is on top of my head all the time.
1: That's. I think that's very difficult. But <laughs> I mean, I've loved all the trips that I've been to. I think one of my favorite ones have been Moab. I wasn't an instructor then, mm-hmm. but that's what made me realize that I wanted to be a part okay, of the OP, okay. and it was kind of a reminder of how important nature was for me. Uh, we also went to Yellowstone recently, which Yellowstone. Was, that was a beautiful trip, very
2: beautiful, yeah. very
1: beautiful and I don't know honestly every trip I love the we we have uh, we have instructor training so we go on trips only instructors okay. to get okay. trained Okay, and those have also been some of my of my favorites.
2: I think uh, I have seen pictures I think like you guys went uh, to Yellowstone and like I have seen pictures obviously Yeah, because I was roommates with uh, I was a roommate with uh, Kelvin last yeah. year Mm, so yeah. he just talks about uh, all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. I'm some, sometimes jealous, you know. The pictures you guys uh, kind of, you, you guys post them in Instagram or something, right?
1: Yes, we do have uh, oh, an Instagram page. Yeah,
2: so, yeah, I have seen those. And, uh, yeah, Yellowstone is definitely, definitely recommend, uh, like, you know, having a trip. And, like, it's very beautiful. Do you think being uh, uh environmental studies major kind of influence you to, like, you know, oh, I can be closer to nature if I become a uh, or be I uh, I don't know do you think it's kind of like it worked both ways? maybe like
1: connected Connected. do you think I think yeah definitely I think they're both big part of my personality and my lifestyle okay. I guess like I like um, like I was sharing with both of you earlier like I I cannot be inside for too long like even yeah. if it's super cold like I need to go on a walk like I need to see trees or nature and I don't know just like be out there because that really helps me to uh-huh. be sane I would say yeah. Yeah, otherwise I, I could not just like be doing work and not taking breaks and everything. So definitely for me, because I love going into nature, and then I think environmental studies helps you so much in understanding nature and, like, understanding how you're a part of, you know, the environment and how everything's connected. And, like, you go on a trip and then you don't only see a mountain. Then you see all the processes that happen to create a mountain or everything that affects a mountain and how the cities are connected to them. You know, everything, it's, like, it gives you, like, a very different point of view and like I so think, many
2: more insights I think this reminds me I, I think we were in the same philosophy class like the, yeah environmental uh, philosophy le, like the like there was this uh, specific author like who wrote about is it Leopold like uh, the mountain something like I can't thinking remember thinking like a mountain I exactly
1: although Leopold yeah
2: yeah <laughs> I think you guys had like uh, I think I like the ideas you guys your group at least the yeah. Melanie and like uh, I can't Micah remember Micah yeah. Tyler so I like the ideas you guys had about like you know, how you guys always like, always like how, okay, we have this f- philosophy or we have this concept. How are we going to practically implement in maybe yeah. day-to-day mm-hmm. life as a student or maybe, I don't know, just, just a regular citizen. Yeah. Okay. And I I like those kind of perspectives. And um yeah, um uh, environment. What about you, Janik? Uh, are you uh, more like indoor person or outdoor person? I'm so into OP. OP. I don't remember
0: <laughs> the last time that I went to a uh-huh. trip, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay. <laughs> what? Actually,
0: last last spring, like 2023, my first semester here, uh-huh. we went to a trip in California, Crescent City. I actually uh-huh. wanted okay. to ask, like, how. Far has op gone in like about like states in U.S. Because I know that they've gone all the way to like California. Yeah, California. But do you ever go to like I don't know, like Midwest or East Coast or
1: like how far have you gone? We don't usually go too far because like well, we've gone to like uh, California, like you said, Oregon, Mm -hmm. um, Utah. We go to Utah a lot. Um, A lot in Idaho, Arizona. The the. The instructors were recently in the Grand Canyon. But we don't go too far because it's, like, a lot of driving. So it's, like, you don't want to spend, like, most of your days driving. And there's, like, a policy that campus safety has. So, like, you cannot drive for, like, more than, I don't remember right now. I think it's six hours. And if you do, then you have to switch drivers. So it's, like, you don't want to be. And usually if you're going far, maybe you might be going backpacking. So you don't want to be too tired of the driving. And then you get there and backpack for, like, two days. And then you drive back. Three days, yeah, and it can also be very unsustainable, you know. If you're drive, like if maybe you might need to fly, and then it's like, what's well, kind of the point? Yeah, if you're like flying somewhere, okay. and there's so much nature in Idaho. There are so many, I think,
2: so cool yeah, places sure.
1: that we really want to try to like get the best out of Idaho.
2: Like, if you go to like a third floor of something, you can see like the these mountain ranges, like. What are those called? I can't remember. Like the ones, oh,
1: the those thing.
2: mountain ranges. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Right?
1: Yeah. What well, he's I don't know Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Something I'm like that. Sure. Something
2: like that. It there just uh, right. so we have we have a lot of like places to visit and like explore. Yeah, I think it just it just again once again like uh, having an organized uh, OP, like outdoor program, It's actually benefiting and actually we just like to thank you, including all the like uh, people. Managing this. I know you are an international student. You're from Bolivia. Uh, what UWC you, you attend to? Like. Uh,
1: I went to Atlantic in Wales, the UK.
2: Oh. Okay. Uh, and uh, when when did you graduate? Anyway?
1: I graduated in 2019.
2: 2019.
1: Yeah. So I took a gap year.
2: I went back home. Oh. And then I came to college. I graduated in 2019,
0: too. Oh. I did
2: three gap years. Three gap. <laughs> I, I went to UWC in 2019. So, my wow. first, 2019, I were at 2021. Oh, my God, wow. you're a younger. I'm a little, little <laughs> kid. And uh, Bolivia, how did you get to know about UWC? How How was the, the journey, like, being so far, process, and, like, everything, till the U.S.?
1: I don't know. I always wanted to go abroad because I wanted to learn about different cultures. But I had researched, like, um uh, opportunities for college and there are not many scholarships uh-huh. because I could not pay for it and so I had decided to go abroad for a master's uh-huh. because then they do have a lot of scholarship especially for Latinos so I was like, okay then that's a good opportunity but then during my junior year of high school in Bolivia I f- like I remember one girl that was a senior she got into UWC from my school okay. so then my school started advertising it to students so okay. like someone went in and they were like oh there's this opportunity there's gonna be a talk in this building somewhere in the city center like you should okay. go. and okay. So then I went to this talk, then I, you know, I went on the website, and I, I loved it. Like, I really agree with, like, the idea. Then I talked to this girl, too, you know, to hear about mm-hmm. her experience, and I, it was just very, I don't know, very nice. It felt like me. I was like, I think this is a great opportunity. And then I applied when I was in my senior year, because in Bolivia, our school year starts in February, and then it ends in December because it's like the southern hemisphere. Oh, damn. So it's different. So like this. I had to apply by in January. So I applied and the process is like you send your your there's like a whole application form that you have to fill out. Yeah. Then you have you need to have your parents fill out an application yeah. form, yeah, 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 then yeah, a teacher, like, yeah. then someone that's in charge of an extracurricular activity. Mm-hmm. And then someone from like a volunteer activity. So you need to like ask people to like, you know, fill out all these forms and like talk about you. And then if you pass like this stage and you get an interview.
2: Yeah. So I had
1: to travel to another city in Bolivia for the interview, which was on a Friday. And then you get a call on Friday night. That's That's how it was when I applied, which was 2017, so very, a long time ago. So you get a call on Friday night saying whether you pass or not. So if you pass, then you go somewhere on Saturday morning. And then you get on a bus and go to a, the countryside and go to a camp. It's like the Mario
2: level. <laughs> it's, <or something. laughs> it's crazy.
1: And then it's like you like have this camp. It's literally, and then it's like happens so fast. Imagine you literally have this camp on Saturday and Sunday. And then you finish like Sunday, let's say 8 p.m. And then you have to wait like until Sunday night to get cool. a call um, to say if you pass or you didn't pass. Oh. If you pass, then you go on Monday to the final round. And that's, like, uh, you don't know what it is. Like, they don't tell you. For mine, it was, like, we all go into a room, and then you had to... They would give you a paper with a topic, and then you have to, not write an essay, but prepare a presentation, and then you have to present it to the group. So, it was very tailored to you. So, like, if they knew that I was passionate about something, then they would challenge my opinion. They would make me, you know, present about that.
0: that's yeah. very UWC national.
2: Yeah. Like. It's it
0: was like
2: they'll yeah, make think, you yeah. wait for six months. Yeah, It's so like a kind of processing, not processing, of um, interviewing. Like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's.
1: It is pretty intense because then you, I don't know how long I had to wait. I think I had to wait until March to March. find out. And then they they were very sneaky. They told me like, oh, we need some information from you. And then they called me and they were like, oh, we have a bad, some bad news and good news. And the bad news, I told my parents, They're like you're not gonna see your daughter for this long. And okay. then, because she's going to WC, I was like, Whoo!
2: how was the reaction?
1: I think, I don't know, I think they were, I think they had a lot of mixed emotions because, you know, of course, they were gonna miss yeah, me, but yeah. they were happy for me,
2: like the opportunity so it's like, to exactly.
1: So, they were like happy that I was leaving, but but it was very difficult for them to let me go because I had never been away for, from home for that long, okay? So, That's yeah. Far. Yeah, and in the UK, exactly, and it's like you need a visa. Like, So I think my, my parents' biggest concern was, like, if anything happens to me, they cannot just take a flight and go, you yeah. know, to see me. They need to, like, well, apply for a visa, <laughs> then get a flight, and then fly for, I don't know, like, 15 hours, and then get to UK. So it's like, I think that's why they were 15 hours? Because you, you don't have a straight flight, so you have to oh, go okay. to, like, Spain. Yeah, I, they I have to wait, then you have to go to the UK. Okay. Yeah.
0: Wow, this entire journey that Mm -hmm. everyone goes through it's crazy it's like this UFC students every time they ask me like how is the selection process it's not exams right so you can't just be like "Oh, math exam like go prepare and then you have to be like explaining this like rounds of like essay Skype interview and then like one thing and then nobody gets what you're saying because it's like it's not like a standard exam selection process so like I always have to do this like long long voice messages to people People were asking me about it, like, explaining in detail. But I think I liked it about that because, like, um, I would say I've been involved with my national committee for, I don't know, I think ever since 2021. And it it is the hardest thing to choose kids and to, like, give points. Especially when you see like yourself in those kids because mm-hmm. you were applying to UWC like mm-hmm. once in your life, mm-hmm. and now you have to like make a fair judgment. It's not easy at all. Like, it's yeah. it's like I almost wouldn't want to do it, but yeah. I got involved in yeah. it. It was like nice, but also seeing other kids that didn't get accepted. Mm-hmm. It's so tough.
1: Yeah, I I helped. But I I was part of my national community too, and we were doing the same. And it was so difficult, like you said, because I'm like, I'm literally defining someone's future. You know, it's like, it's like, but but then what we would do is we would have like three people read the same application and then grade it. And then we would get together and discuss our gradings and be like, and then get to like an average. So it was less biased because maybe like you were saying, I would see myself in this program. I wanted to get the, the place, but then maybe the other person was like, no, I don't think they they should go.
0: I was just asked the most, like, politically con- controversial questions to this like, 60-year-old
1: kids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, God. <laughs> then the interview was like, what so- in the hell? Is, like, <laughs> you want to get political, Shoshani? I don't know.
0: Okay. I think it's time we talk about Bolivia.
2: Okay. Go for it.
0: what is is some things that our like the listeners of International Hangouts should know about Bolivia I usually like google facts about countries and then ask them (laughs) the stupid questions about like some of them maybe like not the most like you know um, cultural appropriation and stuff but what I want to know is like um, so it's basically a Hispanic country but what's different like in Bolivia that you would say that like remember Bolivia like this out of all the countries that are, like, in Southern Hemisphere, like, in South America? America.
1: I would say one of the things that distinguishes Bolivia from other Latin American countries is the percentage of indigenous population that we have. We're one of the... It's like Bolivia and Peru. We have the highest percentages of indigenous Mm -hmm. people. Because, you know, colonization happened and, like, so many indigenous people were killed or they had to move places. And that did happen in Bolivia, but we still had like i think in 2012 if i'm not wrong we had about 60% of our population that identified wow. as indigenous but then i think there was a census like maybe like 8 years later and then that went down to 40 mm-hmm. and that, i don't think that's because like people you know they have died or anything because like the question is like do you identify mm-hmm. as indigenous and, like, people start moving to the cities. You know, there's, like, so much migration to cities. Like, people don't live in the in the countryside anymore too much. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I think when people move, then they, they stop identifying more with the indigenous roots. Like, I have indigenous roots in my family from my dad's side. Mm-hmm. But then it's, like, my my grandparents, who they have indigenous roots. They kind of lost that connection to their roots, you know, because then they, they actually moved to Argentina, and they lived in Argentina for most of their lives. And it's very different. Argentina. Argentina is like mostly a white country. In a lot of ways, they have a very large white population. So, I think because they didn't want to like deal with too much like racism and do too many things, they kind of like got disconnected mm-hmm. from the roots. And then my family doesn't have it anymore. You know, and it's like it is pretty sad. But I think that's one characteristic thing of Bolivia. Do you have festivals in Bolivia? Wow, well, we do. <laughs>
2: it's we cool. do
1: have a lot of festivals. We have. Well, there's like Indigenous New Year.
2: Uh-huh. That's
1: no. That was that's recently. Cool. That was that's recently cool, established, yeah. actually, because we had an Indigenous president. So he established that. So that's like a very oh. fairly recent thing. Um, we do have Carnival, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've seen like the one that they have in Brazil, think, type of thing. Yeah, I think I like, want to say Carnival, but I said festival.
2: Carnival. So like we it. we have
1: that. We have wow. that like the one that similar to the one that they have in Brazil I don't know if you've seen it's like very I popular I I
2: Rio like not Rio like yeah a, it's like the one in Rio the View. movie oh yeah oh the yeah. movie yeah. Okay.
1: yeah exactly that yeah. carnival that we have something like that and then in the West of Bolivia they also have something like that but it's more I guess it's way more cultural in a way they do have like way more elaborate dances and everything and it's more related to like indigenous cultures which is super popular in Bolivia it's called Carnaval de Oruro which is like the city and it's like Yeah, it's like a very famous festival. What's
2: the population in Bolivia?
1: It's about 11 million, Mm. so it's not too many people.
2: Yeah.
0: It's quite big compared to my country.
2: (laughs) Wait, what's the population? Three. uh, Three three million? Yeah, we're just so small. You know, like Hong Kong is just a city. Yeah, don't tell me that. There's 8 million people already. Oh
0: Um. my God, I had a guest from Hong Kong that's completely random. She visited my house in Karabakh when we were still there and we have this like huge country house like two floors and like multiple rooms and like we have a garden and like swimming pool Uh and stuff like that she's like is this all yours? like not one room I'm like okay you're used to this like 600 floors and one (laughs) small apartment and my dad was so shocked when she showed us photos of how she lives my dad was like oh my god move to our house (laughs) like what are you doing
2: there? yeah yeah.
0: but I feel like
2: population density is crazy? okay
0: what are the indigenous customs like what do you do like because it's very interesting because I feel like we have not never talked about yeah, indigenous sure. cultures yeah. in in the podcast and overall I feel like people just don't talk about it even in America not that yeah. much um, what are some customs or does your family still
1: practice like some of this indigenous things? They they don't really like I know my grandma from my dad's side like, she sort of does but more, like, on her own. Like, she never really passed it to her children. Mm-hmm. Like, we have 36 official indigenous uh, cultures in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. And, like, languages, too. But then there are three that are the main ones. So, we have, like, Guarani in the east, mm-hmm. which Paraguay also has it. And then we have Quechua and Aymara, which we also share with, like, Peru and Ecuador. Um Those are the three main ones. I think they do have different beliefs in terms of, like, religion. I mm-hmm. mean, there's it's very mixed right now. Like, a lot of people that are indigenous are Christian, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, a lot of indigenous beliefs are based on, like, the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. the sun yeah. is, like, Inti, and then that's, like, the god, and then you have a lot of, like, you have a lot of offerings. They are very crazy, um, very super interesting to me. Like, one yeah, of course, yeah, like the sure. ones that I'm most familiar with are the ones from the east. Cause that's where I'm from. But in the west, they do have a lot of, I guess, like, superstitions. Like a lot of beliefs, so when you're about to build a house, they get a llama fetus, that's dry,
2: okay, and okay. then I
1: think they bury it under the house, and then they start building, and I think that's for like good luck or something. Wow. So they have a lot of things that are like that, and it's wow. it is very interesting. They have a lot of beliefs. Like if you do this, <laughs> then you're gonna have a good life and everything. There's like a, a street called the a market called the witches market. So you go there, and there, that's literally the name. And then you have, like, a bunch of Is herbs, it? and the llama fetuses like, just, like, hanging there. Wait, Everything. llama feet?
2: Fe- like feet, fetuses. Like the you know, the, fetuses. like the baby? Na- the babies, like the, like the, yeah. like yes. the
1: oh unborn God. baby of a llama. Yeah. That's what they sell. And do, they do a lot of rituals <laughs> with them.
0: <laughs> we we have a lot of this like beliefs back home too, uh-huh. but it never got to feed us. It was no, like, no, Me, <laughs> it My mom is like, don't throw trash no. when it's like eve, like dusk, or yeah. like yeah. don't cut your nails when it's dusk. I'm like, why, why, why? But I usually throw trash at like 2 a.m. and I remember my mom all the, the
2: time. I think when I hear like these kind of like customs and traditions, I find them beautiful because it's just like, I think without these, like it would be really boring. Like yeah. you know, like it's i remember i used to like you know question oh what, what, like what is this and all like but then i realized no it's not about that it's just we need all these kind of traditions because people are interesting traditions are interesting so it, it won't be it won't be boring and like it's kind of like you know cool to hear from someone like you know, the traditions they have
1: yeah definitely can you tell us more about the gibson honors program mm. so the gibson honors program it's a it's a program <laughs> that has been running for i'm i'm not sure how long like uh, probably more than 15 years and uh, i mean i guess the whole idea behind the program it's like to provide funding mm-hmm. so that you can expand your education okay. so it can be any way you want it. so for example we, you you need to take classes, you need to take, there's a colloquium that happens okay. once a week, so you need to take it twice during your four years here mm-hmm. if you want to be a part of the program. So you need to get invited. They usually send you an email that you can apply. And then if you apply, then, you know, they review your application and everything. And then if you're a part of the program, then you you get the opportunity to apply for a, a grant of $2,500. But you need to consider that there's taxes. Okay. So taxes, that of counts course. as income. Of course. And it course. might take up to like 40%. 40%. So it's, it, re- it gets like lower. But it's like, for example, if you want to do research on campus and have like no resources, then you can apply for the grant and be like, I just need to buy some materials and you can use that money for that. Or if you want to go to a conference that, you know, it's so interesting, you want to learn about that topic. And you might need to pay for like, your flight ticket and the mm-hmm. the conference price, and that you can use it for that. In my case, I use my gives and honors program money to um, do an internship abroad. Mm-hmm. So I actually applied to do an internship in Costa Rica, and that's what I was doing during J term. Okay. But also because I, you know, they they take money for taxes, then I didn't have like enough money to do the entire trip because I applied through an organization, okay. and then you have to pay the organization, and they're kind of like finding accommodation for you and food and everything so they're doing a lot of things for you so I had to pay more so then I ended up talking to like the hips department and then I applied for another uh-huh. award uh-huh. and with those two awards I was able to do this program so it's like I really do encourage people if you do get invited to like apply to this program because like at first I was like why am I even gonna be like I didn't know what it was I was like why are they inviting me is it because mm-hmm. I have good grades and they just want me to be a part of it but then but then I, I realized you know that it's they just don't want money to be um like something that would stop you from getting yeah, educated. F- from like 'cause it maybe exactly yeah. from getting an opportunity. So that's kind of like the whole idea behind the program. Like yeah. get opportunities, learn more, and that's how they, they help you. Okay. Yeah. Especially I think for international students, like we don't like a lot of study abroad trips might be very, very expensive and and it might be harder. Like they might not be tailored to like international students. Like a lot of the times they don't know how visas work and everything. So, I think for this one, I was able to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And it was easier. And well, it was cheaper, too. <laughs> and I got the, the money here. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. I know that exists.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, like, so you said yeah, you got invited, like, when they see you, like, you know, in GP or, like, uh, like, the your, like, academic achievements and the stuff. Then yeah. they invite you? Or, like, uh, like, how did the, kind of, the whole thing start? Like, is it, like, you... So you got an email? Is that what you said? You get said? an email. Okay.
1: Like I know you can start from your freshman year, mm-hmm. but I didn't start from my freshman year. I didn't even know about the program. Okay. And I got it. I got an email during my sophomore year, being like, "Oh, oh. there's this program, and you have been selected to black, Which is like many people. I think I don't, I'm. I think it's based on your GPA and maybe if you're involved on campus, like, or maybe it's just your GPA. I'm not sure.
2: Is but it? Is it? Like uh, for certain majors, or like
1: it's for everyone. No, for every, we have oh, people okay. from all majors. Old it's just majors. like students from I. Okay.
2: And then I do. De- okay. I I don't
1: think they would invite a senior, okay. because like you don't have much time to do a two really? colloquium okay. So probably you either get invited during like freshman, sophomore, junior might be the latest that you can apply for it.
2: Yeah. Something for like you know, maybe a freshman and sophomore listener to, listeners to like look out for. If you get an email, yeah, this is a great opportunity. Go yeah. for it.
0: I think there are just many opportunities. Don't be apathetic <laughs> like me. Get <laughs> involved campus.
2: Yeah, just we got to hear some interesting stuff today. So, yeah, try that. So, recently I got this email uh, about this uh, environmental leadership initiative and I didn't know about it that much. So, I t- felt like you might have more knowledge on it. Do you want to explain?
1: Yeah, so the Environmental Leadership Initiative, which is also referred to as ELI,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's an as it, as a name says, an initiative run by the Environmental Studies Program. Okay. So the whole idea behind it, it's like they wanna um, encourage people to become environmental leaders. Okay. So for example, you can, and it's a it's a grant, so you will get money. So i I actually applied last year and I ended up getting the eli for the for the year and I was able to do a prog- uh, project back home so I established I like a recycling system in a school and I was working on that okay. the entire summer cool. which was great because I was literally working with kids with teenagers with people like kids from like six to 18 years old and then we're giving workshops like we ended up giving workshops to like almost like more than a thousand students. Then I was able to work with like some nonprofits for my city and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was a great opportunity. And I was able to, you know, improve my environmental leadership and like learn from all these other people. So it doesn't have to be a project. So, for example, if you, like I mentioned before, like you want to go to this conference in which there there are going to be many environmental leaders that you admire and you Mm want to meet them and learn from them. But it costs money, and maybe it's in a different state or country. You can apply for this for this grant and be like, okay. "That's that." I think that this conference is gonna, you know, help me improve my environmental leadership skills. So that might be one. Or uh-huh. if you wanna, like, I know uh, Jacksony e got it one year too. Sonam got it too. I know they both did projects back home. So it's like mm-hmm. you can do as long as it's something that helps you become a better environmental leader okay. then you can apply for it. So it's not only for environmental studies majors. It's open to everyone. That's why you saw the email like they sent it to the entire school. Yeah, yeah. And this year they have actually increased the uh, the grant. Like when I, I think the maximum was two thousand last year. This year is five thousand. So if you want to do a project no, like or that, if you wanna there's a cool opportunity that you think it's gonna help you be a better better environmental leader then yeah. I think this is a great opportunity to to take, definitely. Yep. Wow. <laughs> and you know like I did it by home. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like much money in the US, but because of the currency,
2: okay. like it
1: was so much money in Bolivia. I mean, so I was able to do so I much didn- in Bolivia.
2: I think 5,000 bucks $5, is like It's t- it's a lot For me it's a lot of money Maybe for you It's not a lot of money in here uh,
1: Like if you're If I was doing the same project In the US okay. I could have not done it With that amount of money Because everything's so expensive Yeah, But I because did I did it exchange, by home yeah. It just yeah, became yeah. No, so much no, no. money And I was like wow
2: Makes sense Just like For me 5,000 bucks Yeah It's still yeah. Even here it's a lot well, of Well
1: I didn't get 5,000 You know mine The maximum was 2,000 I didn't even get the okay, 2,000 okay. So it was way less
2: Yeah
0: What
1: are you thinking of doing after graduation? That's a good question. <laughs> I, don't, I don't exactly know. Like, I know for sure that I don't want to go to grad school yet. I definitely want to do a master's at some point, mm-hmm. but not yet. Like, right now, I think I mean, I'm doing environmental studies and business administration yeah. as my majors, and I think they're both very broad majors. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you learn a lot of everything, and it's like, I want to have more. Like in-depth knowledge about maybe one area okay. and it's like at the moment i like different areas so i do want to get some experience and work and kind of have a very, better understanding of what i like and what it is that i want to do so i don't know it's right now my life is very uncertain i would either stay here my do opt for a year i don't think i would do it for longer but i don't know um and just get some experience definitely want to go back home for a while And then I might go do a master's somewhere else, and then we'll see what happens with life.
0: Was your career choice connected to like um, solving any issues, like specifically in Bolivia or in the world? Because for many people, like their career choice is just to be a successful individual. For some, it's very um, like location specific. Like for me, for example, I chose my career. like basically because i see myself doing stuff for my country like Mm -hmm. in politics specifically so like was your career choice um made because you saw some environmental problem in bolivia or you saw that like this fear is so like unexplored or it needs Mm -hmm. people who are professionals in this field like how did you come to this
1: i don't know if it would be super specific to bolivia but definitely to the things that I was exposed to in Bolivia. So, for example, I think, like, I'm very interested in working with, like, nonprofits that focus on the environment. And I think when I was younger and I would see, even, like, with businesses that, focuses, that focus on the environment. Because when I was younger, I would, you know, he- hear and read about all these companies and how, the, you know, like, the CEOs were making millions of dollars. And then there were people in the same company that were, like, not even making minimum wage. And I was like, how is, you know, like, everything in, like, some, like, Bolivia, for example, we have so many indigenous people. And, the like, big part of the indigenous beliefs is, like, Mother Earth. So we believe, you know, like, nature is, like, a big thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's even a part of the Constitution. Wow. But then the politics is, like, the opposite. Like, you have, like, the <laughs> government burning the forest, allowing people to go into, like, areas that are supposed to be sacred and mm-hmm. everything. So I was, like, like, I think I was always exposed to, like, there's just so much natural beauty and Bolivia has, like, so much nature. And I was, like, the way we are, like, running this, like, you know, the way things are, it's just, like... It's just not right. The way companies run, the way, you know, the government runs everything. So I really wanted, like you were saying, like, I really wanted to have the skills and the knowledge to be a part of it, you know, to, like, I ended up working with WWF in, in Bolivia. And I love okay. the work that they did. They focus a lot on, on education, which I, I feel was very important because, like, I did see, you know, a lot of kids, like, learning about this and actually wanted to take action and wanted to do things. And I don't know, they do a lot of research and kind of, like, show things that maybe the government doesn't want you to know. And I was like, that's very, very interesting. And that's, like, that's something that I would like to do, to be able to go back home and do something right. You know, whether it's, like, run a company, that's like, focused on the environment and people, you know, being, like, socially and environmentally sustainable. Okay. Which I think it's very important to me.
0: Is it like a big part of the tourism in Bolivia? Like, does does like nature and like visiting? I don't know. I mean, do do you have like national parks or like how much money does this bring to Bolivia? Like because a, what's
2: the economical model? Is it a part of the economical model back home?
1: Not really, though, because the mm. thing it's like, it's more. I guess like it's more like primary. Bolivia is more like more like a primary producer, so it's like you're we're producing mm. primary. Resources. So we have a lot of natural gas. There's a lot of like meat. There's a lot of crops and everything. So it's like we have so many national parks and we have so many of everything. But I don't think the government invests too much in like making trails. For example, I I would love to go hiking, but when I was a kid, there were not really established trails that like, you could just go oh, and I hike. See. It was very like it's so dangerous. Like especially if you go alone, then you might run into someone that might do whatever to you. And it's like now. It's becoming more popular and now. Like I think the government is investing more in like having trails and making national parks more accessible. 20 some, 20 but it's yeah. not a huge part of yeah. the of the economy. Oh, I see because, yeah. um,
0: like we do have WWF too. Is it WWF? Yeah, right. Um, because it takes like with 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 like nature becoming a big part of the economy and like the tourism it takes so much effort to keep it like clean and sacred and like people not ruining it because every place that becomes like a popular touristic place it also brings the risks of potentially Mm -hmm. getting green because of all the all the i don't know like trash thrown in into the rivers or like people just ruining this ecosystem and um i think there is a lot of like You have to choose between like economy and nature because in my own country, for example, I know there is so much mining and every time you fight against mining, they tell you that that is the only way that um, the country can like get money in into the economy, which I highly disagree with because that's such a like short term (laughs) planning thing. And I have a feeling that a lot of these small countries um, do have like very often they face this like they have to choose between economy and, like, keeping their nature, like, sacred, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. Yeah, you know... I don't study that,
1: but (laughs) it interesting. You know, in Bolivia, like, uh, what is it? Agronomy is, like, such a huge part of the economy. So we export so much meat to China. And it's, like, in order for them to have the space to, like, you know, like, for the cows to go and graze, they need to burn forests. And they literally end up burning forests and then... It's so uncontrolled that then the area that were they were planning to burn ends up burning the entire forest, and then you have like, you know, we're literally next to Amazon, so it's like very like, and then oh the government God. it's like, we even had a president who was an indigenous man who was supposed to believe like that nature is important, and he, when we were having terrible wildfires, wildfires, because they were not really wild, they were kind of started by people. <laughs> Uh, he went into the fire and took had like a whole photo shoot of him with like a little hose, like to tur- like turning yeah. off the fire. And I'm like, to me that was so I was like, like furious. Like you were saying, I'm whatever. like, I'm like, how can you go when people, you know, firefighters are dying trying to you know control these fires? People are getting their houses burned. You know, the entire forest is being burned, and the the president just goes and takes a photo, extinguishing the flames. I'm like, and with a tiny hose, like that's not gonna do anything. It's yeah. just like pol- like you're saying, politics and nature. It's all just like, a, like a picture. I went to a talk once here in the U. S. Uh-huh. from this indigenous woman in the okay. U. S. and she was giving, she was talking about Bolivia as an example. She was saying Bolivia is one of the countries that has nature in the constitution. And then I was like, that's actually so funny that they think it's like it's only on paper. No, it's not actually on. You know, when we actually need to take action, like it's in the constitution. But then you see our president taking photos with the. With the flames, you know, which is very like, yeah, just
2: interesting. I
0: think they do need you in Bolivia,
2: (laughs) I think. Just like politicians are like kind of like that, and they're just opportunistic,
1: yeah, they uh... are definitely. Huh, that was very interesting,
2: yeah. I think the thing is, episode this is one of the smoothest episodes, and just went like you were well prepared. And like, uh, it was even though it's just a short notice, uh, thank you for like you know. Uh, joining us and like uh, we talked about Bolivia, we talked about OP in the beginning and I really wanted to focus on that OP, Bolivia, uh, ELI and honors program and uh, just a lot of stuff and uh, I'm I'm glad uh, we were able to like you know, I know we wanted to do the episode like earlier, a little bit earlier but yeah, it's interesting um, anything else Sushani do you want to okay
0: thank you so much for listening up to this point
2: <laughs> yeah yeah uh you might have noticed like uh, the episodes kind of like you know taking some time and stuff it just uh the sometimes when I edit uh i screw up some stuff these days because my the device i used to uh it's a different device i use so uh don't mind that i'll try my best other than that uh yeah by the way to end the episode we Traditionally, we kind of uh, give our guests like a chance to say like, you know, goodbye or anything they want in a native language you have or like, I don't know, any language you prefer or anything. I don't know. You, you can say whatever you want. Wait, should, to end it's like
1: it. a goodbye type of thing.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, can see? Yeah, you can go for it. You can just say.
1: <laughs> Muchas gracias por escuchar este episodio.
2: <laughs> okay. You guys heard that? That's about it and and see you in the next one. Yep, take care.